This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. The Locked On Aggies podcast, of course, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, what is the Locked On Aggies podcast? Well, it's a daily, concise podcast revolving around Texas A&M athletics. It's never longer than 28 minutes long. It's never shorter than 21 minutes long. So if you're ever needing an Aggie football fix or an Aggie basketball fix, it's perfect for your drive to work or your drive home from work or your lunch break. It's easy to fit into any part of your day. And I try to jam pack as much Aggie football talk, Aggie basketball talk, texting them athletics talk in general into each episode of this podcast just for you. So thanks for listening. Again, I'm your host, Taylor Travis. I'm a reporter, a producer, a swing host, an anchor at Sports Radio 1150 in the Zone 102.7 FM at College Station. I've been covering Texas A&M for a few years now. So when I got the opportunity to do this podcast, I was excited and I couldn't be more excited to continue to bring you this Locked On Aggies podcast every day. Again, the Locked On Aggies podcast is your daily source of everything Texas A&M athletics, your team every day. A lot to get to today. Jimbo Fisher spoke to the media yesterday afternoon. We're going to play some of that for you. I'm going to react to some of it. A few uh, quick initial thoughts and initial reaction to some of the things he said. He opened up, as always, talking about the uh, South Carolina game on Saturday. And he seemed pretty positive about it. He was pretty happy. He said that any time you can go in to a road game in the SEC and win a game, it's a good thing. And I agree completely. I mean, I said on my show on Monday when I talked about the three good things, three bad things, I said... As bad as some of those bad things were, at the end of the day, if you can come away with a win on the road in the SEC, it's a good day. In williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia, it's one of the more underrated environments in the SEC. I remember when Jake Kaberski was on my show Friday, he said he's been there before and he was really blown away with the atmosphere. I've heard the same thing from several other people. It's loud and it's a hard place to play, as is a lot of different places in the SEC, whether you're at Tuscaloosa whether you're at Tiger Stadium at LSU, you're in Starkville at Mississippi State with the cowbells going crazy, or the Swamp in Florida, or Knoxville at Tennessee. I mean, everywhere you go in the SEC, it's going to be a tough environment to play in. And when you're playing on the road, it doesn't matter how bad you think that opponent is. It's going to be tough. That's just how the SEC is. And that's what Jimbo Fisher said. He said, there's a lot of things Texas A&M can do better, but at the end of the day, they still got an SEC road win And that's huge. A few other things. He did give an update on uh, several of the players. He said that Keaton Sutherland should be back after the bye week. Now, Keaton Sutherland, uh, he was a starter on the Texas A&M offensive line. He missed last week against South Carolina. Ryan McCollum started in his place. That was something that we talked about on the show. Uh, I was curious to see what difference that would make on the offensive line. I'll be honest. I didn't really notice too much of a difference. I didn't think the offensive line played super well. But I didn't really notice a glaring uh, absence on that left side like I kind of expected to with Keaton Sutherland out. So it'll be interesting if Ryan McCollum gets any playing time down the stretch because to be honest with you, I haven't been blown away with Keaton Sutherland so far this year. I think he's been really good pass blocking, not necessarily very good run blocking. So that might be something to keep an eye on, but he should be back after the bye week according to Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher also said that Kendrick Rogers should be good to go. Kind of figured that because Jimbo Fisher said after the game on Saturday that if Kendrick Rogers absolutely had to play, he could have, but they thought it was best to hold him out and get him healthy. I'm not sure exactly what the uh, injury was. I think it was a lower leg injury, maybe an ankle or a foot. But uh, Kendrick Rogers certainly would be a welcome addition back 
to that wide receiver core who, as we've talked about, they need a playmaker. Courtney Davis stepped up in a big way against South Carolina, but outside of Courtney Davis, there really wasn't anybody stepping up and making big plays on Saturday. And that's something that Texas A&M needs. We've seen Kendrick Rogers do it before. He had that monster game against Clemson. He's been kind of quiet since. But what we saw from him against Clemson, he definitely has the potential to be a really good football player on this Texas A&M team. So maybe if he can take that week off, get fully healthy, maybe he'll be able to take that next step down the road. It certainly would be big for that Texas A&M offense. Another note, Texas A&M tight end Jay Sternberger, who we talked about yesterday, received midseason All-American honors from both ESPN and the Sporting News, received some more midseason All-American honors, this time from Pro Football Focus. If you're not familiar with Pro Football Focus, they grade their players with a really kind of complicated analytic grade. I'm going to let you do the research on that. I'm going to let you try to figure out how exactly they grade the players because I could try my best to explain it, and it probably wouldn't make any sense. So if you want to go to Pro Football Focus, I'm sure you can find an explanation there. But they released their midseason All-Americans, and Jay Sternberger was the starting tight end on their first team All-America list. And this is what they said about Jay Sternberger. He received a 90.0 grade at his position uh, for comparison's sake, Tua Tungo Viola was the quarterback on their midseason All-America team, and he received a 92.8 grade position-wise. So 90.0, very respectable, very solid. But this is what they said about Jay Sternberger. They said, Sternberger has emerged as the nation's best receiving tight end in recent weeks, leading the way with a 90.9 receiving grade and 496 yards. He's averaged 8.8 yards after catch per reception, while forcing eight missed tackles and posting a solid 67.4 grade as a run blocker. Now, the run blocking part's interesting because I failed to bring this up yesterday when I was talking about Jay Sternberger, but I go back, I rewatch the games because the first time through, obviously, I watch it sort of as a fan to enjoy the game. And my second time around, I watch it more from an X's and O's standpoint. And one thing I've noticed about Sternberger over the last two or three weeks specifically, he's really improved as a run blocker. I think when he came on the campus, he was still kind of fresh at that tight end position. He had natural hands. He had natu- uh, natural speed. He had natural athleticism. But one thing that didn't really come natural to him, and it doesn't come natural to a lot of players, was that run blocking. But it's really improved over the last couple weeks. And that's going to be really big down the stretch for Texas A&M because there's still a lot of teams on that schedule who have really good front sevens. And if they can put Jay Sternberger on the line as a blocker, an extra blocker to either protect Kellamond and pass blocking, or in this case, get some push up front to open up holes for Travion Williams. We already know how big of a threat Jay Sternberger is as a receiver, but he's really turning into a solid run blocker, which is something that NFL teams are going to drool over when they're looking for a tight end to take early on in the draft. A couple other notables from that pro football focus midseason All-American team, obviously Tua Tungo Viola from Alabama was their first team quarterback as he should be on anybody's list. What he's done is just out of this world. Uh, The running back, they had two running backs listed, Darrell Henderson from Memphis and Travis Etienne from Clemson. If you remember, Texas A&M stuffed Clemson on the ground when they played them and Travis Etienne getting a lot of respect from the pro football focus guys in 86.4 grades. So if that tells you just how good that Texas A&M run defense is, They've been absolutely fantastic so far this year. In case you forgot, no game on Saturday. It's the bye week for Texas A&M. The next Saturday, they'll be taking on Mississippi State and Starkville. That should be a really good matchup. But again, I talked a little bit about this yesterday. 
I think the bye week is coming at the perfect time for Texas A&M because they're about to hit a really tough road stretch. And if you've looked at some of the teams they've played so far this year, Clemson, Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, South Carolina, those are all teams that are really physical and they really beat you down physically and mentally. And sometimes it's hard to bounce back the next week and play up to your full potential, especially against teams like Clemson and Alabama. But you also have teams like Kentucky who are just so physical. You have teams like South Carolina, a Will Muschamp team who's known for being physical. And I think it shows when you look at how banged up Texas A&M is right now. I mean, you look at that stretch, Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, South Carolina, that's about as physical as it gets in the SEC all the way around. So a bye week for Texas A&M before going back on the road and taking on a really good Mississippi State team in Starkville and then a good Auburn team that I know has a bad loss against Tennessee hasn't looked good so far this year, but there's talent there. You can't trip up against Auburn at Jordan-Hare Stadium. That's a really tough two-game stretch. So a bye week before you play those two games is really good for Texas A&M just from a mental standpoint, just getting a fresh start and a physical standpoint in that they're able to rest their bodies and get back some of those guys who they've been missing the last week or two. Uh, so they should have a pretty much full squad heading into Starkville next week. And let me say this about Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State hasn't gotten enough credit. They're not necessarily that sexy team that we've seen over the last couple years. Nick Fitzgerald, I don't think, has really progressed like a lot of us expected him to. But if you look at some of the numbers, I'm going to go over this really quick. We'll dive more into it next week. But Mississippi State, okay, they ranked 104th in pass offense. That's one thing they don't do well. Not really a surprise. Nick Fitzgerald, their quarterback, has never really been known for his arm. But they ranked 18th in rush offense, 19th in rush defense, 14th in pass defense, 8th in total defense, and they've only allowed 7 touchdowns all year. This is a really good Mississippi State team, and I don't think their overall record really shows just how good they are. It's going to be a really tough game for Texas A&M and Starkville. It's going to be a physical game. It's going to be a four-quarter game, and Texas A&M needs to be healthy, and they need to come out firing on all cylinders if they want to win this game next week against Mississippi State. No more settling for field goals. They're going to have to convert in the red zone, and they're going to have to cut down the turnovers in a big way against this Bulldog team. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Jimbo Fisher. He spoke to the media yesterday afternoon, so I'm going to react to some of what he had to say. But before I do that, I want to tell you about Sling TV. You know, when it comes to college football, I don't want to watch the game. I need to watch the game. And Sling TV is the best way for me to watch college football because, A, it's $30 a month, and I get all the ESPN channels. I get Pac-12 Network. I get SEC Network and so much more. I can also stream the game on my big screen or my favorite devices. I can watch on the go. Sling TV gives me all the live TV I love, only better because there's no useless channels. There's no more paying $100 a month and only watching maybe 20% of the channels I pay for. That drives me nuts. There's no long-term contracts. There's no annoying hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you decide you don't like it, no problem. They let you cancel. But how do you find out if you like it? Well, right now, my listeners get a special offer from Sling TV. And if you want to try Sling TV, you can do that right now by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Sign up for Sling TV and get a free seven-day trial. That's right. A whole week, you can try it out for free. You can decide if you like it. You can decide if you want to keep it. But I'll say this right now. You're going to like it because, again, it's $30 a month. There's no more useless channels, and it's all the college football you can watch. You can stream on your big screen, all your favorite devices, 
No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Again, a special offer for you, the Locked On Aggies listener. Go to sling.com slash locked on. Get a free seven-day trial. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. A free seven-day trial for my Locked On Aggies listeners. Again, no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. I encourage you to try Sling TV. That's sling.com slash locked on for a free seven-day trial. This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. And yesterday afternoon, Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher spoke to the media for his weekly press conference, and he spoke for a long time about a lot of different things. I'm just going to try to hit the highlights for you. But one thing he was asked about that really sparked my interest because I've been talking about this for a while now, but it's about players buying into a new coaching staff. I remember when Jake was in here on Friday with me, we were talking about some of our midseason takeaways. One thing we both agreed on was we were really impressed and encouraged by the buy-in of some of the players. What I mean by that is a lot of times when a new head coach takes over a program, a lot of players don't buy in. Sometimes you see a lot of turnover. A lot of players leave. A lot of players transfer. And sometimes it takes a couple years for that head coach to be able to put his fingerprints on the program. You see it all the time. It's not really a knock on the head coach. It's just a really hard thing to do sometimes because you're coaching a lot of players who committed to play for a completely different coach. And in Jimbo Fisher's case, he's coaching a lot of Kevin Sumlin recruits. And if you look at Kevin Sumlin and you look at Jimbo Fisher, those are two really completely opposite types of head coaches. I'm not saying one's right. I'm not saying one's wrong. I'm just saying they're two completely different styles. You have Kevin Sumlin, who's more of the player's coach, if you will. And then you have Jimbo Fisher, who's more of the tough guy, disciplinarian. Again, it's just two polar opposites. So one thing I've been really impressed about is the buy-in of the players. And Jimbo Fisher was asked about that at his press conference yesterday. So let's go ahead and hear from him. Again, all audio played on Locked On Aggies. It's courtesy of WTAW and College Station. (laughs) <laughs> as a coach you're always you always have to, you're always you're always on that because there's always you, you know that that can come and go what I'm saying is but I think you know as we kept going on and I and I saw and and all of a sudden in practice as once you've got it across to the leadership of the team and the man and, and the guys you know it it's like you start to hear them say your sayings you heard to start them that you don't have to you see a mistake and you go to get on it and somebody hey we can't do that you know what I'm saying? You're starting to see, like I say, I, I don't want to run the team. I want them to run it. We're going to set the rules and how we want to do it. But when you start seeing our players, you know, after the season, a little bit in camp, but then more and more of them now and buying in, hearing them say what you say, but also addressing those issues in practice to other players. So listen, I ain't personal, man. We don't do it that way. We got to do this. Hey, remember this. Remember that. And when he's getting on you, think about this. And you start hearing that. So I think the years went on, and as the years come on, it's gotten better and better. And hopefully it'll continue because we're still, you know, there's still things that we got to continue to do and do well. But the leadership of the team and then the overall attitude of the team, and I think they're starting to have some success and they like it. And uh, hopefully that's there. And I, but I think the other key part of that is be honest with them. When they're wrong, they're wrong. When they're right, they're right. This is what we want. It's non-negotiable. And this, but this is also why we do this. If I'm chewing your butt, and this is what this is where it's going to pay off. This is what's going to happen. I think also doing that away from the field is just as important as what you're telling them on the field. Jimbo Fisher also talked about the bye week, and he said that really the season's just getting started. He says that after the bye week is when it kind of gets down to the nitty gritty, if you will, and it separates the men from the boys. Let's hear what he had to say about that. Like I say, the season just now begins, in my opinion. 
you, know, you put yourself in a position to get things going. Now you gotta you gotta finish off the year. Now it's time to all the training and things. You're gonna have two very tough road trips off the bat. Then we got three games at home, but they're all very very good opponents. So we have to focus on ourselves right now. Then we'll work on those those teams in the in the uh, game weeks. And we got a lot of room for improvement. But that's the encouraging thing. We're doing. We're getting better. We're playing tougher. We're competing well. We're understanding things. And there's still a lot of areas in which we can get better. So it's very encouraging. The kids got a great attitude on it. He's exactly right. I mean, there's a lot of talk about how tough. That first part of the schedule was with Alabama and Clemson. But really, I think what defines the season for Texas A&M, what, de- what determines what type of bowl they're going to go to, whether or not this season was a success or not, is the latter half. You have road games against Mississippi State and Auburn. You have a tough game against Ole Miss. I know Ole Miss is one of the bottom feeders in the SEC this year. But from a matchup standpoint, that's a really tough game for Texas A&M because Ole Miss has one of the more explosive offenses in the SEC they have a really good group of receivers, a good quarterback in Jordan Tiamu. And that's a really bad matchup for the Texas A&M secondary. And what Texas A&M can't do is get in a shootout. Because I don't know if the Texas A&M offense can win a shootout right now. They're too inconsistent. They can't convert in the red zone. That's kind of a recipe for disaster, if you're asking me. I think the Ole Miss game is a game to circle on your calendar. A game that could really go wrong in a hurry for Texas A&M. You also have UAB, which I'm not going to call it a cupcake, but it's pretty close. And then a really tough game against one of the surprise teams this year in LSU. So he's exactly right. The grind is just now getting started for Texas A&M. Another thing he spoke about was Kellamond. It seems like a lot of people have been a little bit concerned about Kellamond. He hasn't looked like quite the same quarterback as he did against Clemson or against some of the other competition he played early in the year. But Jimbo Fisher said he's still pretty pleased with the way his young quarterback's playing. Uh, well, I think you can, as you continually see things, get it out of your hand a split second quicker at times maybe, and the quicker you get the ball to a player where you know, he can get an extra half step on the guy and the difference of breaking a tackle, not getting a tackle, decision-making. I think there's always recognition things, accuracy things, uh, technique things, you know, from the way you're throwing right and left with your feet and your hips and then developing your hands, getting your hands in a position where they can be very effective. You know, arm talent's one thing, but your, the greatness in the quarterbacks come from their hands. The accuracy and the greatness is, is the hand talent. And getting your hands in position and getting your eyes and body to where you can use your, your, your body and not have to rely on just arm strength. And then, and then when you, once you use your body, your hands come into effect and your decision-making and your footwork and all those types of things. I think it's all good. And then continue on his running game. I still think some open field runs, I think he'll stutter sometimes. I think he's got to make a one-step cut and he's fast now. I think there's some runs that he can come out of there on when they're there. The question Jimbo Fisher was actually, in what areas do you think Kellamon can improve? And the one thing that really stood out to me was when to tuck and run. Because I think there were some times last week, maybe even the week before, where Kellamon had about 20 yards of green in front of him he was kind of gun-shy. He was kind of afraid to take off and run. I think Kellamon needs to be able to recognize that more and react to it and pick up those yards as they come. Coming up next, we're going to hear more from Jimbo Fisher. He talked about Jay Sternberger. So we're going to hear more from him. I really can't get tired of talking about Jay Sternberger. He's been such a good player for this Texas A&M team. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. With college football in full swing, with the NFL in full swing, with the Major League Baseball playoffs underway, are you trying to get to the game, but you're not sure where to go to find tickets? Well, let me recommend Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats has helped me so many times. They're going to help you too. They've helped me get to the game. So if you're trying to get to the game, I can't think of a better way to find tickets. Vivid Seats is a 100% buyer's guarantee. And they also, right now, have a very special offer for my listener. Pick up your phone, go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app. From there, enter promo code LOCKEDON. And if you're a new customer, new customers only, you can enter the promo code 
Locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Again, promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. So download the app and enter promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event like they've helped me time and time again. Once again, enter promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. And uh, before we took that break, we were talking about Jimbo Fisher. He was speaking to the media yesterday afternoon. He talked about Kellen Mond. He talked about players buying into the program. He also talked a lot about Jay Sternberger. It seems like Jay Sternberger just doesn't get enough credit for what he's done with this Texas A&M offense. He received several accolades and several midseason All-American awards. But Jimbo Fisher spoke about him yesterday afternoon. So let's go ahead and hear what Jimbo Fisher had to say about their star tight end. Well, I think his versatility... I think the ability to go inside or outside, he's being, he's getting better in his blocking. So you, you know, he he respects that. He's doing that better. So people can't just say he's a receiver. Uh, and what's going on? His ability to go inside, outside, and 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 his knowledge of the game. I think he's feeling more comfortable in the offense. We're able to do more things, put him in more look, put him in more situations. And and he loves. And he, listen, there is a you talk about a tireless worker now. That guy works his tail off. And, but he's really becoming a, a very intelligent football player and playing better and understanding the whys of the game and how to set routes up and how to get leverage on guys. And then he's got great ball skills and he can run. Jimbo bringing up Jay Sternberger's versatility, which is why I touched on before. His ability to run block makes him that much more valuable to this Texas A&M offense. And another thing to keep in mind, the best is yet to come for Jay Sternberger. I mean, he started his career at Kansas, then went to Oklahoma A&M Community College, that's nothing like the competition he sees now in the SEC. So as he sees the field more, as he gets a feel for the competition, I only expect him to get a lot better. And I think the best is yet to come for Jay Sternberger. Jimbo Fisher also talked about the play Sternberger made against South Carolina. I'm not sure if you remember it. It was fairly early on in the game when the South Carolina defender tried to tackle him, and Jay Sternberger drug him about 20 or 25 yards downfield. He talked about that play right here. I don't know why he didn't score. <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, I mean, just again, that that's where you, that's where the tight ends. And I say that you see it in the NFL every day. Those those are your mismatch guys. You know, you, if you put guys that can run with them, they got to tackle them. And you're talking about a 190 pound guy on a 245 pound guy. You know, if he was in boxing or wrestling, you wouldn't even be in the same ring together. You know what I'm saying? That's what makes football very unique. And, and, and you know, creating mismatch size matters. But then there's special little guys. But being able to get him there, and I think that's it. Then they put a guy that can run with him. But then they, once he gets to skill level, then it becomes a physical level. And you got to get him on the ground. That's a big deal. And that's a heck of a play. He did it. He broke a tackle on the slant late. He gets a lot of yak yards. I mean, he, he, he's, a, he's a really good runner with the ball. He's strong. You know, you look at Jay Sternberger, he doesn't look like the strongest guy in the world, right? He's kind of tall. He's kind of lean. He doesn't look jacked like some of those Rob Gronkowski type guys, Travis Kelsey type guys. Jimbo Fisher actually talked about that as well. He said Jay Sternberger, he might be a little tall and lean, but he's a lot stronger than he looks. Oh, he's very feminine. You don't run that fast. Just because you're long and lean. You get those guys that jump run, they're twitchy. Man, they're explosive. And the explosion is power. Just because a guy don't walk around giant arms doesn't mean he's not strong. And I say that because those guys are so athletic. They can run, jump, 
and all that, there's explosion power. And that body at 245 pounds can stick his foot in the ground, accelerate, and go in one direction. Their body has functional movement. Their joints line up, so they have, they have power. It's not just weight room power, and that creates leverage, and they know how to bend and do that, and, that, and that's what it is. That's Jimbo Fisher on the Texas A&M star tight end, Jay Sternberger. It's kind of weird that we're saying that still. I don't think I'm fully used to it. Star tight end on a Texas A&M offense, Jay Sternberger, who with five games left on the schedule has already broken the Texas A&M single season record for most touchdowns caught by a tight end with six. Like I said before, the best is yet to come for this guy, and Texas A&M fans should be really excited about what's in store with Jay Sternberger. That's going to do it for today's episode. Jimbo Fisher spoke about the red zone offense and some of the struggles they've had. I think we're going to touch on that a little bit tomorrow because it is a concern going forward against teams like Mississippi State and Auburn and Ole Miss and LSU. That's something they need to fix. So we'll touch on that tomorrow. But until then, thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. Again, thanks for listening to Locked On Aggies. And if you haven't already listened to some of the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, whether it's Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy Football, Locked On NBA, I suggest you go ahead and give those a listen as well. Just go to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, tune in, search Locked On, then you can insert your favorite team. And there's probably a podcast centered around your favorite team. So it's perfect for your drive home, your drive back. And whenever you're not listening to Locked On Aggies, go ahead and give them a listen as well. Again, thanks for listening to Locked On Aggies, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.